Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. Today we're going to be looking at Victim to Victor, which is off the back of yet another email, um, which we don't have here, but off the top of her head, Jane will now recite. <laughs> okay, so we had an email from a lady who... Her uh, had separated from her husband. During the separation, he reconnected with his original, very first ever girlfriend, and uh, and they hooked up and had a relationship. That ended, and the husband and wife reconciled and are trying to make their marriage work again. Now she's written to us saying that she feels really angry that he can't understand how hurt she is by the fact that he spent time with this other woman. What could we do to help him understand this? So, Beck. Yes, Jane. Victim story or victor story? It's a victim story, okay? That's a victim story. So what we want to do today is share a few different examples of stories that people are holding on to that perhaps we could help them to look at it in a different way and get a new story so that they're not giving all their power away to someone else. We want to help you realise the, the places or times or ways in your life in which you may be playing the victim and not even realise it because it's a nice place to be in sometimes because you get to feel sorry for yourself and you might get attention or, you know, you're not in the wrong or the whole world's mean and, you know, you can blame and all those sorts of things that are fantastic for not taking responsibility when life gets a bit too tough. And we're all guilty of it in many different ways and expressions in our life. So hopefully in today's episode, there may be a chord or two of truth that will be struck um, for those listening in the ways in your life that we need to stop playing the victim. The reason for doing this is that it makes you actually feel happier if you can let go of an old story that every time you say it, every time you think it, every time you feel it, it makes you feel like crap. It gets you angry, it fires you up, it has buttons pressing in you. So why would you want to keep telling a story that's not making you feel good? So we need to change the story. I've actually got, actually off the back of that, a great story to share that just happened in the last week with a friend of mine who is also a counsellor. And a woman came to see her and the woman said, "Um, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Now, this woman has not touched a drop of alcohol for over 20 years. Isn't it fascinating that the first thing she says to present herself is, I'm an alcoholic? It's like, you know, you're not even an alcoholic. You haven't even... It hasn't even been your reality for two decades. Wow. So why are you identifying with that label, with that victim story of something that is so old now, someone's put you in a box years ago at an AA meeting or whatever. I mean, obviously it was a valid problem at some point in her life, but when you've come so far from that and you actually haven't drunk and it's not who you are at all, why even use that terminology? It's really holding you in an energy pattern that's no longer relevant. Unless she's wanting to get the validation of, and look how well I've done, and maybe this has been you know, the hardest, biggest challenge that she's had in life, and she's still celebrating that, that she has achieved this. Could be, or maybe she just is unoriginal and hasn't thought that maybe there, she could recraft a whole new personality for herself. It's time for a new label. It's time for a new way to look yeah, at yourself. You know? Yeah. And this, we do get to redesign our labels. We do get to redesign ourselves anytime we want. Every time that we have something come out of our mouth is an opportunity for a new story. Is it delusional? No, I don't think so. I think it's what we, we speak that is our truth that makes us feel good. As human beings, we actually get so deeply entrenched into grooves of 
rhythms, familiarities, routines, labels, things that we feel comfortable with. And certainly, to use a slightly different metaphor, I know when I used to work in journalism in the magazine world in Sydney, and every now and then they'd bring out some hotshot guy from overseas who'd come to like revamp the whole product. And you'd always have a few sticklers in the back row who'd be like, we can't change that page. It's been like that since 1997. We once got a letter from someone who said it was their favourite page. And it's that idea that but we, you need to let go of just because something worked once or because it was relevant once, you must not hang on to it forever. Everything in, in the world evolves. Everything is constantly changing. Our skin, our bones, our cells are not the same as they were 38 days ago or whatever. You know, we're constantly renewing. And so do our ideas about ourselves in the world. So in the same way that products, logos, businesses, colors, systems must comport, like continually update. And if anyone owns an eye, anything from Mac, they know that they're always having to upgrade or update whatever they own. We actually need to do the same thing for our personalities. And I, I know that as you get older, it does get harder. How many of us know a 70 year old or an 80 year old who's very, very stuck in their belief systems? You know, it, for some reason, it gets more difficult as you get older. You get more rigid in those, the way those neural pathways in your brain fire your beliefs and thoughts. And that's why it's so important that now, the age that you're at now, you practice a little bit, bit of this flexibility and plasticine way of constantly remolding your thoughts to change and update your reality moment by moment. Oh, beautifully said, Beck. Oh, just channeled, Jane, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so what's an example of a new story over an old one? Let's use this lady. Now, what if she was to change her story to say, during my separation from my husband, I was... I felt hurt that he was with another woman. However, at that time, he was free to make his own decisions just as I was free to make my own decisions. We are now trying a new relationship. We are now building afresh and using our past experiences to create a stronger, beautiful future. Now, I get that this is controversial because anytime there's been a lot of hurt and pain, I can hear people saying, yeah, but I, you know, you don't just forget things like that. You don't just forgive things or, you know, you have to acknowledge the past that's valid too. You know, those emotions I felt are valid. I'm not just going to go over them. Correct. However, this way she is owning her own power rather than having it all with him. She's wanting him to acknowledge something. She wants to change another person. You can't control another person. You cannot make somebody else change. You can't. It's up to them to do it. All you can do is change it yourself. And while I get that if the fact he's been intimate with another woman has some challenges, this is about her doing the I statements, which we've talked about a lot in previous podcasts, talking about how she feels, why she feels that way, and how she would like to feel in the future. So you, you can't you can't expect somebody else to fix your problems. Your happiness is dependent on you. You change your story. So I've acknowledged in that story that she was hurt through that, that there was nothing that she could do about it. I also did acknowledge that he was completely free to do whatever he wanted during that period, just as she was. She made different choices to what he did. Acknowledge that, but he was completely free. I don't think he did anything wrong and the thing in is, that period. People change. So we need to give him the benefit of the doubt because – who knows, maybe that was the one experience he, and here's from the spiritual point of view, maybe it was a very important little karmic chapter that needed to happen because it's changed who he is as a person, it's reset his value system, maybe it's going to enable him to love the original wife more, you just don't know, and she needs to give him the benefit of the doubt as well. 
you know, that whole starting on a clean slate, starting afresh from where we both now stand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, and we don't want to harp on too much about one particular narrow example because, and there'll be lots of different victim stories I think we're going to talk about in this half hour. But the point, like the bottom line that Jane and I are trying to communicate today is that idea between new and old stories and hanging around in an an outdated energy. It's past its use by date. It's a story that, yes, was true in one place in time, energy and space, but is not necessarily true in the present moment. I had an interesting uh, client come in during the week last week to join up at um, Social 8, which, by the way, I actually don't have anyone in his age group to meet. So if you're between 25 and 30 and really like a very attractive, gorgeous Asian engineer who ticks so many boxes it's not funny please contact me um <laughs> we've got to get this man well my, my my membership's from 30 and up and he's 29 and anyway um but his story was that he was telling me was he was asking me do western women find asian men attractive and i said some do some don't and he said oh, i've just been told that they don't and i said i think that you'll find that there's a lot of women that don't actually even see culture as anything different that actually it's something that they embrace and that that i'm digressing anyway we, we talked about that but i actually said i feel this is your victim story this is your story as to why i'm single and i gave an example of i had uh, given a talk recently on how to date happily at, at a hotel and i met this guy when i was uh, waiting outside the seminar room chatting with him he said what are you doing told him he said i'm single and i said oh yeah okay and he said well of course i'm single and i said what does that mean and he looked down and looked at his, he was missing an arm. And he looked at his arm and sort of looked at me as if to say, well, what do you reckon? I've only got one arm. Of course I'm single. And I said, that's called so what? That's, that's nothing. I had a client who had uh, a, a limb, an arm that was not at all functioning. So it was sort of strapped to his, his um, waist. And he walked in and it was his left hand arm that was functioning. So when I went to shake hands, he did the kind of backwards handshake with the left hand. This guy walked into my office. He was fabulous. He was excited to be joining our service. He knew they had a lot to offer. He was really excited to be meeting a lot of really nice women. Six months later, madly in love. They've been married for a couple of years now. That guy didn't see that he had anything different, nothing. I love it. And so that was the difference between two people that had a similar so-called condition where they both had an arm that was not functioning or missing. An attitude was different. So one had the victim story of, of course I'm single, I've only got one arm. And the other was, I am single, but I'm being proactive and can't wait to meet somebody because I'm a great catch. So it's called, so what? <laughs> so when people tell me their stories, I go, yeah, so what? So what? Everyone's got, so what? And that was what I was articulating to this beautiful man I met on, on um, Wednesday night was that everyone's got, so what? You know, I'm carrying weight. Some people don't like that. So what? Some do. People have different personalities. Some people don't like extroverted. So what? Some do. Because everyone's got something. There's no one truth either. There's no there's no universal law that says if you have one arm, you know, you'll have a lot of trouble attracting the opposite sex. That's right. Like there's a lid for every pot, and I've seen it. Truth is so subjective that while it may feel true to you, and again, that's just a belief. And what's a belief? It's a thought that you think a lot, and that's why you can change them. You know, like tr- there's everyone has a different truth. They do. So you've got to look at what is the story that you're holding on to. What is it that you tell people the most about yourself, and how does it make you feel? And if it makes you feel like crap, you've got to get a new story. And what you've got you, to change. What it. would you like your story to be? So this might be a pen and paper exercise. You know, if if you were to sit down and write your dream um, bio, 
like, you know, your about me, if you had a web page with an about me bit on it, um, with a little picture and a blurb, what would you like it to say? And this is actually a very fun exercise, which actually spills over a bit to manifestation and stuff. But if you ever write one that's a futuristic type one, listing all the achievements that you'd love to have in the next three years, it can be a very empowering exercise and it can enable you it's to fun. see yourself in some different ways and new lights as well. And just think outside the box a bit, expand a bit about, yeah, just not boxing yourself in again to, to the story or what you're capable of because of who you think you are and what you have learned and what you have studied and the path you've had and the jobs you have and the people you've met. Well, again, past, past story. Find some role models, get some examples. So for this lovely um, Chinese-born, Hong Kong-raised Western guy that's now living in Australia, his new story would be that I am richly multicultural and I can't wait to meet somebody that's going to love that about me. Someone who wants you know? to travel the world with Absolutely. me, try different cuisines with oh. me, speak different languages with me, raise our children, you know, bilingual. And I don't know about you, Beck, but certainly the circle that I socialise in absolutely embrace and adore multiculturalism that, you know, it's almost like that's demanded in their lives. Yeah, I think he's definitely looking for an excuse because I, everywhere I look, I see multiculturalism dating multiculturalism. So that's I don't right. Know, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 or he was hanging out at the wrong places, but he's fixed that by coming to me, hopefully. Um, the, you know, the other thing too, though, is to, when you find yourself a good role model, let's just recap on the positive shadow side exercise as you're getting your new story. So you find your role model. So for this guy, he could find a lovely uh, Chinese born Western guy who's got this gorgeous, um, Caucasian partner. Um, and as he sees this guy that he's as a role model, I wanted him to then look at the two or three qualities that he most admires in this person and recognize that that's what he's wanting to shine more within himself. So the lady who's got the husband that, um, when they were separated, had an affair, well, you wouldn't really call it an affair, but was with, had another relationship, you know, find somebody that's a role model that has overcome this challenge. Posh and Bex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and look at um, and look at what is it that you see in that woman that has been able to overcome this challenge? What is it that you most see and admire in her and recognize that that's what you're wanting more of within you? Mm. So bring that into your future story. I'm still thinking about victim stories helping people to identify some of their own because sometimes they're not obvious, are they? Mm -hmm. um, let's give some examples. Someone might say, I had a really bad childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, it's made me, I've got trust issues with men or, you know, I don't have a relationship with my mother so I, I find it hard to have good female friendships. Or someone might say, I always get really bad bosses. I'm always bossed around by my, by my bosses. Mm -hmm. Someone might say, um, someone might say, I get a cold every winter. That's a victim story right there. That's just a belief. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Someone might say, I never find a car park. It's going to be, it's going to be too late. We'll have left it too long. All the parks will be taken. Okay. So the cold is that uh, this winter I'm looking forward to being complete, to embracing my health and vitality. There's not even a mention of a cold. You know, I'm looking forward to getting the rockstar car park next time I'm at that difficult shopping center. Is it even, do you even say I'm looking forward or is it I have it or I will, I, is it a, a a present tense thing. Either. Well, you can do either. Yeah. In present tense, I have it, is in your is in your imagination. And, you yeah, know, there is. is no difference from imagination to physical reality. Mm. It's all one and the same. Victim stories. Um, I'm too fat, so I can't get a partner. 
I have grey hair, so I can't get a partner. Oh, I could give you 20 million victim <laughs> stories. In fact, there's 50 of them in my book, How to Get the Date. What are some more subtle ones, Jane, victim stories that people might not realise they're being a victim in whenever they say because it's just If I'd right had my radar. time again. If I'd had my time again, regrets and woulda, coulda, shoulda, things yes, like that. Yes, Drop the word should from your vocabulary and replace it with uh, what would be a good word to replace should with? I can. Or I now, dot, dot, dot. I now. I now is good. Mm. Yes. Excellent. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, victim stories, they can just, they can be so gentle and so, like such a habit. But what about the enabler? What about how you're enabling friends of yours or families of yours who are in victim stories? Yeah. What is it that you can do if you're not a victim, if you have embraced and look, let's face it, Beck, lots of people listening to this podcast are not really victims. They are the people that are searching out the, the products to help them to self-develop to greater awareness. So, so a lot of you listening are probably aren't attached to a much of a victim story. Um, but you no doubt would have beautiful people in your life who are. So, you know, I've got a girlfriend who struggles with a mother-in-law and I hear the story over and over, I have in the past heard the story over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. So the last few times that she said it to me, I repeated the same thing on the last three conversations going, I understand how challenging this is for you. What is it that you would like to do and how can I help you do it? And it just sort of shifts the energy into problem solving now instead of, I'm attached to my victim story. Let me have my little pity party. Let me do my drama. It's not fair. Poor me. Aren't I a martyr? Blah, 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 And blah. what you will often find is if you get if you really go black and white with a victim and you boil it right down, they get very uncomfortable because they don't want it to change or fix. And actually, I've seen Jane do this. <laughs> I've seen Jane do this with somebody and ask them point blank. Um, I forget how you even worded it, but actually this girl sort of stopped speaking to Jane because they weren't ready to um, to change their story. I actually just said straight out, do you want to change this situation? Yeah, they're in their end of that friendship. Do you want to change? And I said it very warmly and beautifully and, you know, do you really want to change this? She was in a situation that she'd been saying the same story for 10 years. And she'd for 10 rather, years she'd been unhappy. She just decided she'd actually rather keep saying the same story. And she story. did want to say the same story because um, I actually haven't seen her since. <laughs> Uh, look, that does have it a bit in my life where people, you know, that's okay. Yeah. It actually doesn't bother me, but I, I just can't keep hearing victim stories over and over again. And Happy to hear people's challenges, absolutely. Want to help them shift their cha- cha- their a, uh, challenges. It's a beautiful thing when victim stories are overcome because sometimes people will hold them for a very, very, very long time and they will have something of a personal epiphany. Some, something will shift one day where they actually let it go. And on that note, let's talk about forgiveness, Jane. I just wanted to say, I get so excited. It's probably one of the biggest buzzes I get in my life is when I see people shift. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. But I'll even watch, like I love watching those shows on, um, well, because of my old, you know, hoofer background as a choreographer, I love watching those. The Voice, The X Factor, um, Dancing with the Stars. Yay, that started. Yeah. Um, what I love is seeing people grow and expand and have their moments. There was a, a, a thing on uh, X Factor a couple of weeks ago where one of the performers just suddenly got his self-belief. And it was magnificent because that's not just about standing on a stage and singing. That was a true self-belief that's going to carry with him in every area of his life. You can see it in the eyes, can't it's you? It's amazing. Mm. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Quite addictive. 
So what did you want to ask about well, forgiveness? Well, I was going to say one of the, one of the ways that often people who, who genuinely do have real trauma or victim story, like, you know, they were victims of something, mm-hmm. sexual abuse, for example, or, you know, something terrible that went down with a family or, or a betrayal mm-hmm. or a trust issue with a loved one. So the thing about forgiveness, which is really important for people to, to, to remember is when, when you say forgiveness, when you say I forgive you, you're not saying it's what you did is okay. It's not that sort of an energy. The energy is actually, I no longer allow this to haunt me or hurt me. Okay, so it's apparently when you actually go back to the Bible where that chapter was written and you go back to the original Hebrew, there was actually a different word used from what I understand. Forgive is a very kind of, it's, it's got a different tone on it in the English language to the word that they actually originally used, which is a lot more about the surrendering and allowing and moving on type of an energy. Um, Jane, you word it slightly differently though, don't you, with the forgiveness thing? You say, I, I don't I forget. Think you don't, you're not saying I forget. Yeah. But you are saying that I, I forgive my role in it. I forgive the role that they played in it. I won't forget because I wish to get, gain the lessons from this. It sets you free. It's a big topic and it's difficult. Um, it, it is a difficult one. I don't want to just skim over this lightly and we have touched on this on other podcasts. Um, but you can just, just to change the story, to stay on topic, the story, let's say that you were sexually abused, is that I did not ask or wish for this to occur to me or done to me. However, I will no longer be the victim in this story. I choose power and self-authenticity to rise above this situation. Mm. You know, something along those lines. You want to really bring that energy into take your power back because in those moments you are a victim and you are um, powerless. So what we've got to do is take our power back and it's just in those very fine little strong words. And the one thing I always do as a spiritual exercise with my clients is I do ask them to look back on events in their life that were traumatic or where they felt that they were genuinely a victim. And I ask them what the gift was. And that's really, really confrontational for for some people to have to think of an event like that in that way. Yes. But they they always can find it. You know, it might just be, you know what, I'm bloody strong. You know, I'm a a survivor, they'll say, they'll tell me, or they'll say... um, When I look at stuff in my life that happened... um, you know, particularly in my late teens and early 20s that was, you know, reasonably traumatic, I owned that I was attention-seeking, you know, and that was a really important thing for me to own about myself. And how old were you before you were able to actually say, I get the role I played in that there? Oh, God, I was in my early 40s. So it can take a long time to really get the objectivity, to be able to stand back and look at yeah. your own stuff really yeah. objectively. Yes. Yeah. We touched on this, I think, was it last week's episode? How do I say it? Hopopono? Mm, Hawaiian um, Yeah, can we just quickly mention it again now because it is so beautiful. It's just four words, which because in all of this of changing your story, you may have to forgive yourself for having hung on to the story for so long. Okay, so you've got to be kind and gentle. So the words are, I am sorry. Oh, hang on. Where are they? Oh, dear. I am sorry. I forgive you, I love you, thank you. And you basically chant that to yourself over and over or you can jump on YouTube and there's some really nice ones with beautiful visuals and beautiful music. Um, and actually it sounds very simple but you'll be surprised. You could quite easily be sobbing doing that mm. and it's a really releasing beautiful feeling. So you're changing the victim story, you're changing it with your words, you're changing it how you tell it to other people 
you're owning your role in it, you're forgiving yourself within it, and you're creating a new day. You know, your reality is created by your thought process, your words, your feelings. No two people will have the same reality, even with what is perceived to be an identical experience. So it doesn't matter what someone else thinks. It doesn't matter what somebody else does or what they decide or what their story is from a similar experience. As I said, with the two men that both had lost a limb, that both had totally different stories. It's your choice what your story is. It really is your choice. Jane, talk about reaching for a better feeling forward. Okay, so this is where um, I hate my boss. Um, he's, uh, he's a bully. Um, how you would reach for a better feeling thought there is something that is still believable. You can't go, oh, I love my job. It's fabulous. I get up every morning and I'm excited to be going to work. You know, you're not going to believe that. That's BS. So let that go. Reaching for a better feeling thought is just climbing very gently to something that just feels slightly better and is still believable. So it could be, even though I am challenged by my boss, I am grateful that I have regular employment and my paycheck goes into my bank every week so that I can create the life that I desire. So it just feels a little bit better. You're not over the boss. You're still acknowledging that here's a challenge, but you don't hate your job any longer. You're finding that gift and you're bringing that thought to one that's a little bit better. So your victim story of I hate my boss, I hate going to work every day now sounds a little bit better with I have a challenging boss, however, I'm grateful that I do have full-time regular employment. Yeah. So it's just reaching for that slightly more believable and better story. It's really just being a little bit Pollyanna and changing it from the negative to the positive. You know, I'll have people that will come in and say all the men that I meet are um, all the men that I meet are boring, uninteresting and self-centered. And I'll say, okay, so you're looking for, I'm, I am now, from this point forth, I am engaging with it. Now, what did I say? Boring, uninteresting, and something else. We'll say boring and uninteresting. Okay. I'm looking, from this point forth, I am going to engage with interesting, stimulating men. Yeah. Because this is about creating your reality. Yes, it it is. is. We're talking about, you know, really taking a proactive, charge of how you mold the world around you and remember that all reality all time energy and space it's just a great big glob of plasticine you make it what you want you you absolutely push it and pull it and put it into place okay every single day and the way that you do that is with your thoughts and your feelings which you do have control over as much as it seems like often we don't every thought is a choice and that's why you can stop and cancel thoughts that you don't like and self-discipline yourself into thinking the thoughts that are better for you. It's just like a diet, isn't it, Jane? We know how to eat properly. We don't eat properly all the time. We can catch ourselves when we're not eating properly, and we can go and have that apple or whatever it is. And it is the same with letting your brain just get a bit too out of control. It needs some spring cleaning. (laughs) Okay, there's some areas back there in the brain, which there's some stories back there which I've held on to for 15, 25, 35 years. They're clutter. They're dead wood. They're not even true anymore because half the people in those stories are dead now or whatever. Like you can clean out some of this junk and replace it, like we said before, going back to the future visioning. Who do I want to be? How do I want my life to look? What do I want my relationships to look like? What do I want my money to be like? What do I want my general energy when I wake up every morning to feel like? That's the repatterning and the recreating and it all begins within. Yes, there's some stuff you need to go out there in the world and physically do. 
You might need to redecorate your bedroom. You might need to make some phone calls. You might need to buy a new car. You might need to go out and join join a lovely socialite sort of a, a website or a dating game. <laughs> it, is, it is your focus. It is your discipline of your focus. You do create your own reality and only you. No victim stories. What you choose to focus on is what you choose. So you have to become disciplined. And this is something that is like getting up in the morning and going for a walk or a run. You make it a habit. The more that you do it, the easier it becomes until really you've created a reality that you love the world you live in. I will often say to people that I actually don't live in the same world that 99% of the people in this population live in because I am so disciplined in what I allow into my vision. But I've actually been a bit clunky in this recording because through all of this, I've just actually owned another victim story I didn't know I had about myself and I've been shifting it. Did you realise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During this recording, this one's been a bit clunky. You've got one minute to share it, Jane. Yeah, no, because it's still processing. I'll share that in another podcast. (laughs) Oh, so I know. It's a bit exciting, isn't it? fascinating. I know. It's good. It was an old one that I actually just went, hang on, popped up in my head, cleared it. So thanks, everybody, for letting me be self-indulgent and doing my, you know, home therapy here with Beck. (laughs) Well, we've we've helped at least one person today, Jane, and even if it was one of us. Oh, look, guys, we love getting your emails. We love hearing from you. We love your feedback. Um, Jane, do you want to just drop the Facebook page? Yes, I do. It's facebook.com forward slash love life show. Now, that's all one word. So facebook.com forward slash love life show, and we do our best to answer all of your messages. Mm, look, if they're really, really personalized, and if they go into a lot of detail with a particular situation, seriously, you might be better off with a, just a, an actual counseling session, but we try and keep the open-ended ones for the show. You can find us every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com, and until next Wednesday, have a beautiful, victorious week. Yes, get out there, create your reality, get that new story happening, have an amazing week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.